0: Pelotero Pickle episode 106. This is a really good episode. Chris and I really got into a flow on this one. I think you're going to like it. We're talking about the uh, Hit AI tool, a lot of uses for it, what's going on with that. And then just a whole bunch of conversation around what is hard work. I've had a bunch of tweets lately about kind of kids these days. And we had a, there's a gentleman, a young kid in Uganda posting videos just getting after it. So just a ton of discussion about player development, mindset attitude, just the whole, it's a good episode. I enjoyed it, so I think you will too. Jump right in, check it out. Pelotero Pickle, episode 106. It is Monday, November 14th. I'm Bobby Tewksbury. Joining me is Chris Colabello. Before we get started, a reminder to send us emails to pickle at pelletero.com or hit us up on twitter at pelletero pickle chris you have no way to say anything negative about that because i was absolutely smashed how are you doing today
1: well done robert episode 106 let's go
0: the beauty of that is it's not even written in the show notes usually it's in the show notes and it's not there i just went off the top 107 reps in i can i can figure it out 106 reps in finally got it dialed in practice how you doing today
1: better Practice makes better, not perfect.
0: Uh, coach Lee, coach Mike Lee, my high school coach said practice doesn't make perfect, perfect. Practice makes perfect, which is nice. pretty corny, but it's the, it's all about intent, which I always liked. Um, it's cold in Texas. How is it up in Massachusetts? Cause it's like so, 42 degrees and raining here.
1: Yeah. We just got over our little, uh, warm spell that we had. November was trending more like June. Or may and now I think we've turned that corner into it's winter it's, it's like 40s today a lot of beanies winter coats Sad.
0: I saw that it was uh it snowed in Cincinnati over the weekend which is miserable um, have some family there posting pictures it's 48 right now it's 48 with light rain it's just 48 here is different than 48 up there it's just it gets in your bones it's very dry well I think it's not very enjoyable
1: it's the mindset that there's no there's no really break in the near future. I think when it's 48 in Texas, at least you tolerate it cuz you realize that it's about as bad as it's going to get. When it gets to be 44 here, and you're just in a downward spiral to oblivion. There.
0: Yeah. You know, I'm I, a, it, uh, like I got I got my vest on. I got my vest on. I'm probably I have a jacket in my car like my full down jacket i'm probably gonna put that on it's 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 cold i'm cold yeah (laughs) like being this cold anymore so i'm over it uh i think that's an old age thing. i think that's just
1: an older thing that happens where you you're less i think you i think
0: yeah well the older you get i think blood circulation diminishes right i would i think that's an issue i've been having a lot of like you're getting old conversations I, i was out with uh Willie and Eugene from a uh, one-way performance last Thursday. We stayed out on 6th Street talking about hitting and just really good. It's like 6th Street is like the Broadway, like Nashville's Broadway is like the 6th Street here in Austin. And I mean there's like people flowing in and out of bars that they shut down the whole street and we're just standing on the street corner break it like doing swing demos and <laughs> doing Baker's making fun of different warm up routines, like doing warm ups down the sidewalk. It was pretty funny. It's um, just become
1: we've become more but, nerdy as but we
0: get older. Uh, Willie made a comment to me. He's like, "Yeah, kids don't play uh, wall ball like they did when you were younger." I was like, "Did you just call me old with wall ball as a reference?" He's like, "Yeah, I did." <laughs> I like, okay, Willie. All right. He's like, "I didn't know playing wall ball was an old thing, but it is."
1: I went to Carlos Pena's Hall of Fame induction ceremony on Thursday last week. And we took a picture, uh, after the ceremony ended. And I looked back through my old stuff and I found a picture of him and I from 15 years ago, literally 15 years.
0: And the truth, the truth when
1: you're, yeah. When you're, when you're 22 and you say 15 years ago, when somebody says 15 years ago you're like oh i was six now you say yeah. 15 years ago and you were an adult like very much an adult
0: and i had a I've- i had an accidental facetime video chat this weekend with two of my college teammates we got a little group instagram thing and i hit the button by accident and then like i hung up but then he came on and then the other one came on i was like man we're we're old this is like we were teammates almost 20 years ago. Yeah, we're old. We look old. I'm like looking at my 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 video. Like I got a lot of grays coming in. Get some grays in the beard. Like man.
1: Well, if you look at old, if you look at the pictures of Carlos and I, I, Carlos's daughter, his oldest, is now 17, and I remember her as a three year old right? as a just a little a Cohen Robbie, right? And now she's a grown-up. She's her own grown-up. She looks like her mom. and Scary stuff, man. It happens quick. It just sneaks up like that. It on does.
0: You. It does. Yeah. A little reflection right there. That was nice. Uh, you ready to get into topics? Or do you have anything else you want to talk about this weekend? Base- There's no baseball games anyway. Yeah. Anything?
1: No. Tom I'm Brady? I, I've come to terms. No, I didn't even watch him. He was in Munich.
0: I haven't wa- I didn't watch one minute of football yesterday. I checked scores once. I didn't. I didn't watch any football.
1: I didn't either. It's I'm, not over it. 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 I'm not into it. Not into it. I'm
0: over it. College football, I'm into, but not, not the pro game. Such a I feel college like there's a lot of negativity. I feel, well, no, I feel like there's a lot of ne- negativity about football right now. We're like isn't Tom Brady making speeches about how the. the the play is terrible right now. There's no good football. I saw the was it the Colts hired a coach that nobody like had no coaching experience, and then all the old coaches got pissed off and they're all mad that somebody got an opportunity from the outside. Did you see that? Like Bill Cowher. Went I'm not nuts. even.
1: I'm not even following. I've, I've I've cut to one fantasy team that I barely pay attention to. I'm over it. That this is a telltale sign of I'm old.
0: Fantasy, fantasy football is so easy, too, because it's once a week. It's not like baseball where you have to... It's really way harder time. than that, that. That's like a real like getting old thing.
1: The problem is, you know, you usually use Tuesday and Wednesday for waiver claims. And I'm not, I'm not even into that part. I, I have no competitive drive. I stay in it just to make sure that I'm engaged with the, the sport itself. I wanted nothing to do with the Super Bowl last year. Tommy, for as bad as... People are making it out to be 12 touchdown passes to two interceptions this year, still doing Tom Brady things. And they're like, oh, he's so bad. I'm like, yeah, he's 12 TDs, two picks. Now 12 is low for him at this time of year. He's usually trending toward 20, 25 touchdown passes toward the top of the league. But their red zone offense just hasn't been very good. They actually have limited turning the ball over. They have no run game and really they're not scoring in the red zone is what it's coming down to.
0: Those things matter. Yeah, the red area
1: was so important in New England for so long.
0: Well, they were always really good at preventing touchdowns. They'd give up points but not touchdowns, and then they'd score. So, interesting. All right, let's get into the topics. We we've been busy tons of demos we've been very active a lot of stuff we had a big webinar last week if you haven't seen the webinar or want i i was the idiot that forgot to hit record on zoom so i had to re-record it in a shorter capacity which is not the worst thing because it ends up being 15 minutes instead of an hour and a half but i forgot to record it um so if you want to see that reach out send an email pickle at pelletero.com if you want to see it we're not just going to widely distribute it because we're doing a very controlled release but uh, I was able to do some collection yesterday for 22 athletes. I think in general, the social media world forgets what real hitters are like so quickly. The kids that we, were, we got on video yesterday was from the age of 8 to 15 or 16, I believe. Um, I just think people are completely out of touch with the reality of most hitting people, most, hitting, most hitters in the world. We're so consumed with uh, the elite, you know, all-star MLB hitters and what perfect is. And these kids just need help, man. I, I posted a couple videos yesterday, the one with the, the head raising. And I don't think people realize how big of an issue that is or like how common of a mistake that is. It's so frequent. there's There's big ticket items that we can address so quickly with the hit AI that it's... It's exciting because we can we can do it quickly, right? We can take a video with our phone, upload it, it's done. But ability to track metrics over time, like the kid I posted, his head measured at going up 2.4 inches. So like a win would be making his head go up one inch and then zero inches and then negative one, then negative two. And like we can track this over time now and give this kid tangible feedback that doesn't require you to sit and look at video for hours. And you don't need to know anything about video analysis to get the benefit. So it's really, really exciting. We've been having a lot of uh, motor preferences talks privately. That account is live on Twitter. So if you feel like looking up motor preference experts, feel free to follow that account. It's worthwhile. But when I look at these hitters and I see how they move, the ability to help kids faster is just, it's going to increase and the velocity on that process is going to just jump in a very significant way, which is very exciting for me.
1: The wild part is that if you really look back to 25 years ago, right? And talking about the age thing and start addressing how old we are. We were limited to if you wanted to hit right now in November, or if you, you know, we would live by the adage of like work hard and hard work is king and practice makes perfect and all that stuff. The only thing we could really do is just go to a cage with our dads, put a machine on or with our friends and put a machine on. I didn't even know that flips was a thing until I was in college. Like I didn't, I didn't know that I could flip a ball underhand from 14 feet away. Right, that wasn't in my repertoire. I have an
0: interesting story about that. I have an interesting machine story about that, but keep going. I agree, flips weren't a thing.
1: So you just went and you had no way of of tracking anything. And so my dad and I, one year I remember full send recruiting violation. Uh, I was at. I was at Eckerd college on my visit and they had a bunch of wood bats laid around and they worked closely with the rays. So they had a bunch of MLB pro stock wood. And I remember the, how cool it was to get a bat that said MLB pro stock, which now I would throw in the garbage can, um, or an MLB prime bat. Right. And and they gave me a wooden bat, and I started hitting with it. I taped the barrel because it was ash, and I just started hitting balls. And my dad and I would just be like, oh, the ball's coming off so much harder. And it, it's just such a natural part of development, but it's just pull side, just trying to hit Jimmy's in the cage, no plan, nothing. And I, I remember yearning for information, but having no access to it. Right, I, I yearned for the moments that I got to be around. I, I got to hit with Lou Merlone when I was in high school a couple times, and no offense to Lou, he wasn't a good hitter, right? But I was like all eyes and ears. he wasn't.
0: He wasn't a good major league hitter. He was, he was a right. major league though.
1: Just yeah. get context, right?
0: It wasn't but, Nomar. You weren't hit with Nomar or Mova. It wasn't was hit with
1: Nomar. So with Wade box. But I couldn't wait for those moments where I had access to stuff that was different. And now there's so much access to different that it's, it's taken for granted. And you had a tweet a a week ago or so two weeks ago about how much we take tech for granted, and the ability to connect with somebody on the other side of the world instantaneously. It's, it's just it's wild to even think about how how expedited our processes are of, of making things fast, and access to stuff. And it takes me full circle to like, what, what is the objective? Right. And I think through expediting stuff, we've almost like, we've almost lost sight of the true core principle of what you're trying to accomplish. And, and some of the dialogue we were just having was like making, making kids their own best coaches, making kids their own best sources of information. And I think we now live in a generation where people look for answers more rather than find answers on their own. Um, and I don't know if that describes it well enough, but. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's well, just, it's just, uh, it's it's a whole, it's, it's a very different world. The the story that I had was, I remember one off season, we, I, I had to have been like 13 or 14, something like that. We went up to the Good Rips up in Manchester and the mill building, the old <laughs> mill building. The name was called Good Rips and the, their slogan was hit to your hands, bleed, then bunt. <laughs> it was like, in this really like it was it was good rips it was great, um, but I remember the first time we used the pitching machine there, we set the wheels to the same speed because we didn't know yet to have one a different speed the other. This I I swung and missed for an hour straight and I was so that demoralized.
1: Idea. Yeah,
0: and it's like something simple like that where you wouldn't think that setting the pitching wheels is a insider info type thing like well you did you know you had to set the wheels at different speeds so that it'll it'll have backspin and then like you, you do it the wrong way and it's just throwing nasty just breakers with <laughs> the old two wheel machines if you do it with topspin. But you just did we didn't know and we just spent half an hour just I couldn't hit the ball. I mean it was throwing devastating knuckleballs with the dimple, you know the old dimple ball the Yeah, I was just gonna heavy. say the
1: dimple balls. I used to be Things single were, wheel machine with the dimple oh balls. My-
0: yeah, dimple, I haven't were, seen just, a dimple
1: ball, and like unless you go to one of those machines, the the iron mic machines that the out, are in the like outdoor a playground, like, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. But I mean, think about how think about how demoralizing that is. Is like a thirteen year old, fourteen year old. Like I was one of the like in my hometown. I was one of the better players, and that's not like I. I'm not trying to brag. It's just like I was like an all star player. I was good. I was good, and I could hit the ball. I was like, I think I'm broken. I don't think I'm good anymore until the owner came over. He's like, Hey, you're throwing knuckleballs. Like, let's do this. And then I was on it again. But imagine if I spent the full hour just swinging, missing. I would like never yeah. want to hit again.
1: But with no true understanding you know, of, of why and how, right? No, nobody there to really take time and guide, guide you. Yeah. Even, even like a private lesson was, was, hard to come by at the time like you had to how be special. simple it was like private lessons in aau
0: <laughs> imagine if they just took a little post-it note and said hey when you put, turn on the machine make sure that the lower wheel is going faster they could have, a little post-it note yeah, just simple things like that from a user experience standpoint it's just it's we're, we're dealing with so many ui issues and it's not even so many ui issues just people we need to really do as good a job as possible about like telling people how to use stuff and it's always going to be challenging. We're always going to try to make it better, but you could like UI on a website now versus hey, when you go turn the pitching machine on, here's how to use it. It's like is it user error or is it the the owner of the facility's error, the builder of the website's error? You know, it's because once you know, you know, and then it's easy. But if well, you don't know, if if you want to really
1: take it to the next level, it's like there will always be problems in the world. Things will always be. Challenging, right? That Nothing was will, you just,
0: That was a big. That was a big statement. <laughs> there so, will always be problems in the world,
1: no, but it's it's true, right? Because no matter no matter how good things get, right, it's <laughs> like the bell curve will always exist. Right? There's always going to be a, a, a better. Now, what you're trying to do is is in life, and that's why I loved when you did the analogy of raising the floor instead of raising the ceiling. Because if we raise the floor, the ceiling will inherently move up because if our worst is better then we're better as a society, right? As humanity. And it's wild because what, it, what it's always gonna come down to is simplifying things that are hard. And even the more conversations we have about hitting, the more dialogue we have with high level college coaches, professional coaches, people in the industry, we're all facing the same challenges because we think we're, we're, we're getting to that next frontier, that next horizon We're we're having an unlock and then we still we still see the challenges, right? Like, you know, a coach just asked us, you know, seven years ago, we stood on our field and, and had a conversation with our players, how much have things changed for you? And I said, everything's changed, but nothing's changed, right? It's all the same, but it's all completely different because our wisdom is getting greater, but all that wisdom's doing is opening more more doors, the more I know, the less I know. And it's, you're, you're getting better, but you're also realizing as you get better, that it's really about simplifying and making things easier and trying to find ways to really hone in on core principles, which is why I love what we stand for at Pelotero is like, we're going to focus on things that never change, right? Hitting a line drive is never going to, never going to be bad. Hitting 300 will never be bad. Like, you can tell me that, you know, it might be better to walk this year or walk more or whatever, but it's being good is never going to be bad. <laughs> that sounds stupid, but
0: it's, <laughs> it's it, <laughs> it like, what's the definition of good and what's the definition of bad? Because if you're like being good at hitting pull side homers is not, does not make you good, but there's this illusion of good. So it's, like the measuring stick keeps changing. And if you, I saw somebody tweet out yesterday, Oh, we've gone back to the T. It's been very beneficial. <laughs> it's like,
1: Yeah. You,
0: right. Yeah. Yep. Like, well, so somebody at some point, the T became very unfashionable. And it's like, No. Like, because he was like, Oh, yeah, grooving your swing and having intent and having a, you know, non moving ball can be very productive. It's like, No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Well, it's, it's, Circle back, like, it's, you know, and then it, for some players, it's terrible. For some players, it's good. It's, it's just funny that people have like, blatantly written off certain training methods because they read about it online, and then all of a sudden, it's like, well, it's actually not so bad. Okay, we'll try it. You know what's it's like hitting about- Brussels sprouts when you're younger, and then having it later in life, and you're like, yeah, it's actually pretty good. <laughs>
1: you know what's crazy about all this? I wrote a I wrote an article on the Pelotero community about confidence. What is confidence? Where does it come from? <laughs> and how important of a characteristic it is for a hitter, like right? believing in what you can do. And I talked about where, what the root of confidence is. And generally as individuals, we have a tendency to be confident when we know that we can do something, right? So if you, and, and this all started with a conversation, I walked into a facility and I asked one of the kids that I know, I said, what are you, so what are you doing? He's like, well, I have to give a speech in front of these coaches. And I don't, I don't really feel comfortable doing it. I said, why? And he kind of looked at me funny. He's like, well, I've I've never really practiced it. I was like, so why do you practice things? And we got, I kept, I kept asking why it's, you know, the trick you taught me. Keep asking why to get to the core of it. Good. At least three
0: questions. Ask why three times and you're going to get a good answer.
1: Well, I related it to hitting, right? Because I said, why, why do you feel uncomfortable talking in front of a room full of people? Because I don't feel uncomfortable talking in front of a room full of people. I've done it a thousand times. I enjoy being the center of attention, blah, 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 stuff like that. And predominantly because I feel like I can, I can create context and convey the message that I'm trying to convey, which some people have difficulty doing. Um, but basically I said, the reason why you don't, you don't like doing is because you're afraid, you're afraid to mess up. You're scared. And I said in hitting the reason why we lose confidence because we're afraid, we're afraid to strike out. Striking out embarrassing, like it, in your mind it is. In your own brain, me striking out, me the individual sucks. It's the worst thing ever. Swinging and missing at three pitches, like st- three straight fastballs, you're terrified of it. You watch guys strike out all the time and you don't think twice about it, right? You're like, oh, that sucks, that guy struck out, four minutes later you forgot, right? But in your own mind, not feeling competitive, the fear of failure, right? It's just fear of failure that, that I think drives us a lot and how that coincides with building confidence. It's like the ability to know, okay, I've achieved this. The first time you face a guy throwing 80, 85, 90, 95, whatever it is, you fear it because you don't know it. You've never experienced it. So the only way to learn is through experience, right? You have to experience stuff to learn. And it's wild because, you know, usually we tell guys to prepare. Why do we practice so that we feel prepared? Like the same way we study for tests is the same preparation we do in hitting so it's it's all this stuff that's getting thrown in front of us and now what's happened as a society is we've allowed everybody to connect with everybody so if we see somebody that's expedited the process right the 13 year old that's already hitting 95 mile an hour fastballs whatever whatever the the story is you you just don't think you're living up to the expectation which is creating more fear anxiety doubt um so it's really interesting how our advancements have now in in a lot of ways hindered us because we just know more and knowing more opens more doors, creates more fear, creates more doubt. So it's wild. And then the, the root of all of it was, and the last line I left the article with was, so yeah, kid, get up in front of that room and go talk, get comfortable, feeling uncomfortable and you'll be a better hitter tomorrow because of it. It
0: was powerful. I thought. That's good. Um, The analogy you just used about, uh, preparing for a test is the same reason we take bp i think most players treat batting practice as a way of building confidence in a way that's kind of false where they want to hit the ball well instead of thinking about what do i need to do to to face the pitcher i'm going to face like how do i combat my tendencies like the the the, the, the idea that hitting the ball hard in practice is success versus like I need to think about controlling my timing better and hitting a line drive to the opposite field, or maybe I need to be quicker against high velo, or whatever, whatever that is. And understanding what your process is, and understanding what you need to think and feel to perform in the game is so much more important than hitting the ball hard. The and cross- I think that message is lost. I, I love that. I love that, but the analogy you used was awesome. I really like that.
1: The cross crossfitification of baseball, as you as you've eloquently called it. And I've, mm-hmm. I love how you- The exercise is a two. competition. Yeah. Right. You've, you've now made the test BP instead of the test being the game. So studying is, is
0: with, BP. With the assumption that if you hit, with the assumption that if you do well in BP, you're going to do well in the game. Correct. And, and, that and it's, completely right? it's completely nonlinear, right? It's <laughs> completely
1: nonlinear, which is what what makes our sport hard. And this goes directly into our first topic about the stuff that, that Mattingly was saying in the article.
0: When you take BP, Let's summarize that. summarize summarize the article so real quick. I'll or, get into or, it please. or the the, can, the interview. Yeah,
1: Because yeah. I so,
0: loved it and then I hated it at the same time.
1: Mattingly was. But talking I liked about, it more than I hated it. <laughs> so <laughs> Mattingly was talking about, and again, it's it's the reference of you know creating launching launch, angle, launch which, angle swing. Yeah, which is would super. you? The well, question
0: was, would you have used a launch angle swing? And he was like, Well, yeah. yeah. So
1: there's a lot of read between the lines that goes on in society. I think everybody I don't think everybody understands that every swing I don't swing think happens. everybody <laughs> every swing creates a launch angle, right?
0: I know not everybody understands that.
1: So, but the problem they're is They're
0: saying they're saying uppercut. When they say launch angle swing, correct. they're saying uppercut. That,
1: that's their way of, of, of and I, I yeah. In a smarter society, we've sound stupider when we say stuff like that or more stupid. Stupider, whatever. I'm stupider. I'm
0: more stupider. More stupid. <laughs> yeah,
1: but the point is, what he was saying was like taking, taking BP in a way that we're trying to elevate the ball creates length in stroke, right? And I I don't agree or disagree with him. Like I think it has a tendency to on the surface level when you tell a kid to lift the ball, a lot of the old bad things happen. The shoulder flies off, your your hands drag or cast, and the the barrel dumps, and all the the catchphrases that we use in hitting, right? Because you just try harder because when you try to lift, you try to hit the ball far because if you lift and hit the ball short, you're out. Like we all know that you hit the ball in the air in the infield, you're out. You hit the ball in the air in the outfield, you're out. You hit the ball in the air, you got to hit it over people's heads, right? So again, simple concepts like there's power guys that have pop that should try to elevate the ball versus line drive guys who should spray the ball and hit it over the first tier of, of fielders is really what he's reflecting everything generationally back to. Yes, all hitters should understand what pitches they can and can't hit out of the ballpark, and that's his point. He goes, I believe in the home run. I. There are pitches you should hit out. The problem is when you train to hit everything out, when you miss you become very exposed to a lot of stuff especially and he didn't add this but I'll add it for him especially when your focus becomes the pull side and I think that's the part that when when we only have a short time to pass a message along to a player what message are we choosing to pass along and if that, like, again, if, if I watch a highlight, I see a Homer, I don't see a single through the four hole, right. I'd rather watch the Homer cause it's sexier. It's got more cachet. It's whatever. But again, we we've, we've lost sight of the fact that BP is about training ourselves to be able to create the swing that makes us most competitive against everything and gathering information about how to attack a certain set of circumstances that we're going to be faced with in the game. It's not about feeling the best you can. It's not about flushing the best ball you've ever hit. If you hit the best ball you've ever hit in BP, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Literally, it does not matter. It's like it never happened. The only person that feels anything from it is you. Nobody else cares. And that's the hard part about what we're trying to get through is we've made it so much about how we feel right. Like individually and not that it shouldn't be because you have to be, go be competitive in the game. It's like you want to taste yourself and and feel good about yourself because you accomplished something in a training environment, which really doesn't matter. It's like, it's like, it doesn't exist.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Did the, the part when Madeline was talking about, like I think certain pitches are thrown to be hit over the fence, like that whole thing. I like that. Um, the launch angle swing I hated just because I it's so annoying. And I, my comment was like, was this article from five years ago or this interview? Uh, I think Mattingly is a really intelligent hitting coach. I hope my sarcastic tweet didn't take away from that because I did follow it up. But there's so much to learn from these guys. There's There's so much knowledge to learn if the right context is present. I think that's the biggest challenge right now is the using the phrase launch angle swing is an instant turnoff for modern hitting guys. So they're just going to tune it out, which is which stinks because these guys are so good. Like think about when we had Getty on or any time we talked to Getty and it's like, "Man, I hope this guy just keeps talking. Like, please keep going cuz you're so incredible to listen to and to learn from." So it's uh yeah.
1: Well, it, it, so
0: all important, we, all important things here,
1: we don't have the opportunity to connect with these guys the way we would like to right? for the most part. Like I have the distinct pleasure of connecting and having a relationship with a guy like Rich Kedman. So whenever I want him to talk, I just ask him directly. I get him on the phone. I say, Hey, Ed, can you just say these things to me? And then I get him going and I get to learn from that. Generally speaking, our exposure to elite athletes is limited. It's limited to short bursts. It's limited to surface level comments. It's limited to headlines. So seeing that thread or that interview on Twitter, like that's the part that the 14 year old gets exposed to. And that's what he sees. And that's what he hears. He doesn't get the hour and a half of dialogue directed toward him or her and really feel and resonate with all those things because they're not actually connected to it. They're just getting a glimpse into the soul. They're getting one little piece and that's the piece that stands out to them, right? Or whatever it is, because they've never, they've never really built that relationship with that person or coach or instructor or whatever it is. So they don't, they don't get past surface. So surface is what exists to them. And they see a lot of surface level stuff and that ends up being their, Basis for all decisions and information, right? Is that fair? Like, I think, I don't, I don't know if I'm, I'm saying it properly, but that's what I'm trying to convey, I guess.
0: No, that's all. Yeah, we're there. That's good. It's all there. Let's, let's, uh, let's pivot a little bit. I just got a bunch of text messages, so I apologize for that. Um, the, the concept of redefining analytics where it's like bridging the gap here. And this was a lot related to the the pitch tipping stuff and like bridging the gap from the old school guy to the new school guy and defining like, what is a metric? What is a launch angle swing? Why is that the wrong phrase? Like, how do we get people saying the same things or speaking the same language? Cause right now they're not. And I was, I was telling producer Patrick a story um, about my daughter learning Spanish and how like, I used a YouTube video to get her to roll her R's for the first time and how excited she was. And it was like a really cool, really cool dad moment. Um, we're speaking different languages right now. And the height, I, I the tweet said height of leg lift is a metric height of hand lift is a metric degree of right leg bend is a metric. And it's Kyle Bodie from driveline had a really good tweet about building systems and, and making things replicable across a system across an organization because the people are gonna people are gonna move in and out. They're like the parts are gonna change. So if you're relying on individuals to do things, it's not good. You're you're in trouble. You're, it's risky to rely on individuals. Um, I didn't learn that. I did not understand that at all earlier in my career in this whole hitting business, whatever. Um, but getting getting people talking the same language is a big deal. And like with my daughter. Teach, she she just found out at school recently that you know there's different languages and it, it was like she, just seeing her reaction to that and with there's like a little little translate app where you can say the word then it says it back to you in different language just absolute fascination that different words mean different things or different letters sound differently in different languages and it's just the discovery of that is so cool and I wish new school guys would have that. At, that curiosity towards the old school guys, and I wish the old school guys would have that curiosity towards the new school guys, so that they can start working together. Because the organizations that do that the best, the quickest, the fastest, there's value coming from both sides. There, there's a lot of value coming from both sides, and it just you need to capture it. There's uh, I remember business school they would talk about creating value is one thing, capturing value is another thing. So like creating it is great, but if you don't capture it, it means nothing. So,
1: well, there's a lot there.
0: There's a, there's a lot of meat on that bone.
1: So it's, it's wild that, you know, we sit here and a lot of what the older generation of players, the way the older generation of player was taught, and I talk about this a lot, it's like school of hard knocks type stuff, right? And they, they call it that. And I don't even know if it's fair to call it that, but it's literally you went in the cage and swung and missed for an hour, like twenty swings in a row against the two-wheel machine because you didn't even know to set the two-wheel machine up properly. So our our natural the way we were taught was just work through it. Right? <laughs> work through everything. Work like work through it. And there's value in that. And so a lot of what the older generation of successful players to the tweet that we're referencing of, like, oh, the reason why the, the Phillies won 7 nothing is because they hit five pumps, right? They hit five jimmies. It wasn't because of anything else. They had a tip on McCullers. They they they, they took advantage of it, and they won. And it, it's so cert- – like, it's so – pedestrian to just chalk it up to that right because what we should be doing as an older generation of players that have had success is exposing younger players to the things that made an impact for our careers right expose them to the fact that the conversations and the dialogue and the listening to your coaches and being dealing with being bored at a practice right i can't tell you how many times I sat at a practice and a coach was talking and I was looking off into the sky and didn't really absorb the message the way I probably should have or could have because I was incapable at the time of listening to more than 40 words strung together about a topic that I thought was irrelevant, right? In my own shallow brain. But Mm -hmm. that taught us discipline, right? It taught us and probably we learned a little bit through uh as my dad likes to call it osmosis right you're, you're exposed to it and you hear it enough times that at some point it's going to seep into your brain so their argument i think becomes well you should just go figure it out right and it's it's short-sighted because it's not allowing us to enhance the way we coach the way we teach the way we preach right Because if everyone has growth mindset, including the people who have absorbed the information, then they're gonna be pushing the limits of how to teach better and how to coach better and how to pass messages along better. And then it's not just, oh, we're like making this generation of players better by the way we train them. Well, everything, like everything is lifting, including the way we communicate with humans. And, and you could say that from a uh, geopolitical or, geosocial lens, too. It's like, how do we figure out how to be better humans collectively, right? Day in and day out.
0: How many uh, how many baseball podcasts you think mix in the word geopolitical? That was not nice. many,
1: not many. I'm, I'm trying many. to be as uh, deliberate and eloquent as possible with my words today. I'm cutting out my likes and my ums. Uh, um is always yep. very much in my repertoire because The concept of dead airtime never made sense to me until I listened back to stuff. So I'm being- I think
0: dead airtime can be strategic. You can use it strategically. You can use the UM strategically, but as fillers are not good. You you notice it when you do- See what I did there? See, I just didn't, I stopped talking right there. That's one of my big things now on, on demo calls. I'll just stop talking and force the other person to talk.
1: You notice it the most when you go back and listen to stuff that you've done, right? it's, I can't tell you, I I mean, the inner narcissist in me has probably sought out every interview that I've ever done that's on YouTube or whatever medium I can find it on. And I can't stand when I'm one giant run-on sentence. And I can't stand when I say like every fourth word. It's amazing. Like has become... Mainstream, just absolute garbage, English language, pro- improper use of the term. Everybody does it because
0: it's a we filler. Talk, it's yeah. No, I want to talk back and- to.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's amazing because when we were in third grade, our teachers probably would have no, nah, we were past the get hit with the ruler. But my dad, when my dad was learning how to talk. Speak the English language. He probably would have got slapped with a paddle or something.
0: Yeah. You want to talk about kids these days?
1: You want to talk about kids these days?
0: So Which brings me the, to my next topic. The prompt. So the the prompt on kids these days was this. I went to a scout day, did some data collection there, and just the the conversations amongst college coaches, conversations kind of over here with parents and. There's a lot of expectations, a lot of hopes, a lot of emotion tied to scouting and recruiting and that whole world. One of the reasons that we're avoiding that topic with Pelotero right now is like, we just, we don't want to be branded in with any of that. It's a very natural progression of what we're doing, but we're way more concerned about player development and becoming good enough so that recruiting is easy. But I did, uh, some questions there and the message, it's, it's a story that I've told a number of times in, a. I guess a sentiment that I've shared many times that I don't, it's shocking to me that kids think they're good when they're 14 years old, 15 years old. It's one of the reasons I have an issue with like with swagger and gear and looking the part too soon when, you know, they got the arm sleeves, the batting gloves, the eye black, the cool socks, the cool shoes, the cool bat. I'm not as, as angered about that or like annoyed by that anymore because I used to be really, Irritated when kids would just be swagged out and they were terrible. If that's how they like the game, I guess. or Whatever. I'd much rather see a kid with no batting gloves, just getting after it, than a kid that's got all the stuff and not be good. But that's just that's more me than, than the game. But the kids these game, the the kids these days and thinking that you're good and the 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 big issue is when when you're trying out for travel ball teams and you're going to showcases. Those people are taking your money and many times they want more of your money. So there's a risk, there's a fear or there's a huge risk that those people are going to take your money and tell you what you want to hear. And they're not going to be honest with you. And when that happens, you're not getting the feedback that you need to make important changes. So if you go to a showcase and they rank you as like, oh you're eight out of 10 or whatever, whatever their ranking system is, whatever that is. If you think you're good, you might not work hard. It's funny because the kids that are good, when they're told they're good, they want to keep working to be better. The kids that aren't good, if they're told they're good, they get satisfied, which is the real danger, the danger spot there. Um, you can't tell a kid that's good that they're not good because they know that you're BSing them and they they won't trust you. The kid that's not good being told they're good gets complacent. The kid that, that's not good, that's told he's not good, you lose the risk of of losing because they might just be like, well, why am I even doing this? What's the point? I might as well just pack it in and go home. So it's kind of, you got to have kind of different messages for the different people, but at no point should you think you're good, especially when you haven't done anything yet relative to what you're trying to accomplish. So this is very geared towards the kid that says verbally, I want to play in college. And then they don't take any of the steps necessary to do so. They say the words they're on the teams, they have the gear. There's no action. There's no substance behind their words. It's just I got the stuff. I'm I got the cool things. Playing in college sounds like a really fun, interesting thing. And maybe it's an expectation, or maybe, you know, I think my parents want me to do it, or I'd be letting people down. But in general, most of the kids that say I want to play in college, they're not putting the work in.
1: I have a really hot take here. So when we were growing up how hot,
0: off- scale of one to ten.
1: Uh, Scale I think 1 a to ten. 10 hot take. I think it's a 10. I'm gonna put, That's, um, I've you're never coming said, out of the
0: gates hot. That means you I've can never, said you can this never out loud. have a hotter take.
1: You I've can never, never have
0: a hotter take than this.
1: No, I, I, but I can have a, as hot a take. I, and the reason I'm saying it okay. is because I've never said it out loud. And I don't think I've ever heard anybody relate it to this. So when we were okay. growing up, when I was in high school, I had to look around my field and say, am I the best player on the field? Right, that was my way of gauging my ability. Right, and so now my if eyeball. You, if
0: you weren't, you couldn't just you couldn't just go to the next team over because it was you're playing for your town. You Correct. make the team or you don't.
1: Yeah, and I would look the best player on my field when I was a sophomore, junior in high school, and the best player on my field was going to Dean College, or Tufts, or. I don't I'm trying to think of where guys on my Not high Vanderbilt. Game, right. right. Not, like, Vanderbilt. not Vanderbilt. Not Vanderbilt. South Carolina, not Tennessee, not, not North, Texas, Notre Dame, and, not yeah. Fairfield, not Central Connecticut, not Iona, not not a mid-major. They were going to Tufts and Dean College. So I'm sitting there thinking to myself like, man, <laughs> if they ain't division 1 players, then I definitely ain't a division 1 player. So the division 1 pipe dream, the scholarship pipe dream wasn't even in my realm of things that I saw. I thought you were
0: going to say I was expecting purview there, but keep going.
1: So (laughs) (laughs) now our generation and to that point, how many people when we were in high school played AAU slash travel baseball? Not many, right?
0: It was brand new. When we were, when I, I remember like when I was 12, the first AAU team in New Hampshire was built. Or actually, when I was 11, there was a 12-year-old team created. And then it was a 13-year-old team. And then when I was 12, people were talking about it. So 13 was the first year I played AU. So and my
1: perception of my, those travel my teams. My age
0: and that yeah.
1: Yeah. My perception of those travel teams at the time was if you played on one of those travel teams, you were a dude. Like you were a Division I player, right? None of, none of the guys in my high school did. If you were going to play for the Roughnecks, you were a dude. You were coming from New Hampshire, Connecticut, Rhode Island. We were handpicking best guys the Mariners
0: was a big team
1: right so our generation who now has kids right who has high school kids middle school kids our generation reverts pay to play as my son's good my player is good and is capable of getting a scholarship so as parents I think a lot of our generation is now conveying to the younger generation like hey you go pay to play go to these tournaments like that means you're good and if you're good, you should be thinking about college. You should be thinking about scholarship. What they don't realize is now it's so mainstream to go play travel ball. So now you can tell me that my my hot take is a 10 because this is really, really powerful. These kids, no, this is really good. These kids are going there with an expectation that they are the cheese and that they should be wearing arm sleeves. And they haven't earned shit yet. Let's call a spade a spade. Like they're paying to play. They're trying to go to the next better organization better organization because they think it's just positioning them for college when the reality is if you really go look around now you have to play on elite national teams to be considered that aau travel ball player and the parents are like they don't they're, they're behind because society is behind they don't even they don't even acknowledge that so now you have a bunch of kids who think they're supposed to be getting scholarship offers the same way going into the draft, you have kids going into the draft. I had 12 guys that I talked to last year to a man thought they were getting drafted. And I'm like scratching my head going, you guys realize it's 20 rounds, right? Like, there's 600 players getting picked this year, 700 if you count the comp rounds. And you're, you're like, you hit 306 with seven Hummers. And you think, you think you're going to get drafted out of, you know, whatever mid-major you. What are we doing? Like you gotta be the cheese.
0: If you're not the best player on your team, the best player on your team better be a first rounder. <laughs> you think you're getting drafted.
1: Well yeah. like same thing no, with scholarship, was,
0: right? The framing it framing it as the, the parent the current parents were the, the parents that grew up seeing the travel scene come to be. And that the, the perception of it, yeah, that's a, a really good way of putting it. Really, how good. many good travel? How there. many travel kids don't nice.
1: even make their high school team now? Think about it. How many I mean, there's
0: kids? it's basically it's basically rec ball now. So, if you look at a quality high school program, you need on average six players per class to be good for your team to be good. So, like if your junior senior class has six kids each that are good, those are going to be your nine starters. Your three best pitchers and then some of your position players are going to pitch too. So if you have a a core of 12, six kids per class, look around your town league. You better be one of the top six in your age, in your class for your team to be good. And now you get, you know, it's a competition thing. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a skill thing too, because there aren't going to be that many good players. There's only, there's only going to be a 1%. There's only going to be a 10% no matter what in the population, you still got to be that, that good. Like you still got to be a one percenter. There's only so many <laughs>
1: college scholarships to go around, dude. There's, there's only, only there's so only, many. Like,
0: yeah. It doesn't matter how, how many practices you go to, how many cool jerseys you have. Doesn't, you gotta right. be good enough.
1: doesn't matter Period. what your arm sleeves look like, how custom your glove and spikes are. You've got to be good. And if you don't look around every day and go, I'm the best player on this field, I, unless you're in a hotbed, unless you're, playing with an elite organization unless you're in it, it, you revert back to the texas florida california now the geography of it doesn't it almost doesn't even matter but we used to think texas florida california and the south generally right like you could you could envision a world where a high school team in florida had six division one commits you couldn't envision a world and where that, a high that school,
0: still happens correct
1: and you couldn't but the envision cra- the a crazy world thing where uh, massachusetts you know, had things, that? right yeah. we had one at, like yeah. the kid from bc high would go to bc or the kid from we had rick Azadorian went to committed to miami or florida sorry and that was it like th- th- those were the those were the majors and then well, yeah you had the occasional guy be like oh i'm going to sacred heart and i was like what's a sacred heart i don't i don't know what that means that's the church i go to in my hometown i didn't know sacred heart was a mid-major division one school i I didn't know about the Fairfields of the world. I didn't know what Iona was versus Assumption. I didn't know, you know, middle Tennessee state tech, A&M, whatever, was a thing, you know. I didn't know that was Division One. you know, and that's why
0: mm-hmm.
1: we were just much more, we were much more sheltered. So the way we saw success and, and how we represented what being good was is just completely different than it is now.
0: Yeah. Yep. So that's a good segue into, I don't, I, I wish I knew how to pronounce his name properly. I'm going to say Kazumba. Is that fair? Kazumba. Kazumba. Dennis Kazumba, gentleman from Uganda kind of lit social media on fire. It's not the first time he's done it. We posted about him. We, we reached out. We're trying to figure out ways to help him and, and, provide resources maybe to him and and maybe his whole team slash country. But this dude is working and I love it. He was in the pouring rain with his catching gear on, just literally throwing bricks. He had bricks that he was throwing, just working on his craft, trying to get better aspirations of being a college and MLB player and seeing his videos as humbling and motivating at the same time because if a kid like that can work hard with the resources that he has the i mean he how, how many how many kids in our country go to a major league stadium and take it for granted how many kids go to training facilities and take it for granted how many kids have get a new bat every year and take it for granted this kid is throwing actual bricks like building materials bricks he's he's in his catcher's gear in the pouring rain throwing bricks to try to get better and you get kids here that are like, Oh, I need the new D Marini C S seventeen because my teammate hasn't. It it's a better bat. Shut up. Go work hard. It's just it's the, the, the blend of hum, of humble humbling feelings plus motivation is so strong. I when you see kids like this, like talk about the uh, the amazingness of social media and media and technology. I mean, we would never know this kid existed 20 years ago, and now he's got I mean, he's got a GoFundMe trying to help him get scholarships and come to this country to pursue his dreams. Just absolutely incredible.
1: My favorite. i want to be involved
0: part, in any way I can. It's just incredible.
1: My favorite part, and this is how you know he's a grinder more than the rain, more than the mud, is you got shin guards and chest protectors, Spikes. two different colors. Clearly, like just. Hey, whatever you can give me, whatever I have access to, I will rock it and rock it with pride. The, here's the weird part, right, for me, is that kid is clearly doing it, right? Because if you're, I, I mean, you got to be a really good actor to set up that scene otherwise. Um, and certainly how much he appreciates. Dude,
0: did you see the, there was a play that he posted yesterday. It was like a pass ball. Did you see this? He like, it was a pat. he was playing in a game. And it was a like a wild pitch. He like dove for it, went to the backstop. He sprinted to the backstop, got the ball, dove back, got like head first dive in the home plate to get the guy out. I'm like, this kid's got a motor. This kid has got a motor. So, get him on a roster. Jeez. And that's
1: and that's kind of like the, the weird part about – Can't fake that. Right. The weird part about today's society is – Can't that fake want. You have to like – In some capacity, you have to self-promote, right? Because if you don't, it's like, you're worried that you're gonna get lost or caught behind or for a kid like that, that's the only way to really impact the bigger stage of the world. Like again, go back 20 years and 20 years ago, there's no shot a college coach would have found that kid unless he just like found every phone number imaginable for every coach, in the country and just started calling and probably still would not have been able to get over here for workouts. So he could have never got a scholarship. The cool part is that people can help and, and, and really drive that player to the place they want to be, which is the beauty, which is what the internet and social media were meant to do. Right. Now, alternatively, the thing that I fear is how much people want to play, you know, keep up with the Joneses or make themselves look good. And this goes like. DJ Ferbs always sends us. So now we're posting videos of a bloop single. So now we're posting videos of, a, you know, this of that. And it's like, what is the purpose of the post? What's the purpose of it? it, I always revert back to It's like, you want this false sense of accomplishment. You want this, the world to tell you that you're doing great and you're it's you're seeking attention out. For all the wrong reasons, where you got a kid like this who is seeking attention for all the right reasons and now has an opportunity to create it. It's amazing to me that right, we're we're sitting here talking about needing baseballs and cleats and gear and he's got an iPhone though, right? Like he's got a phone, he's got Instagram. No, he he doesn't I
0: he doesn't he doesn't have an iPhone. I asked if he had an iPhone because I was like, if you get me a video of your hitters, of you swinging, we'll, do, we'll, we'll build you a program. We'll help any way we can. He does not have an iPhone, so obviously he has have an Instagram, Android. He's got but, something yeah.
1: though. So, but he's got yeah,
0: he yeah, he has a device. He has yeah. there is a device. There's, but that, isn't that wild, Bobby? Yeah.
1: Isn't it wild to think that yeah, like you don't have a catcher's mitt that's decent, but you've got a cell phone, right? Like, think about how weird that was for us. So, like, if you had a cell phone when we were seventeen or sixteen or fifteen years old that meant you probably had like the Bugatti catcher's gear. You're deep into it. Yeah. Like Bugatti catcher's gear was fun. Yeah. Imagine Bugatti we gear had a, catcher's
0: th- gear. Weird, weird, uh, weird side story. We had like our, our pantry just all of a sudden had this, uh, just super musty smell out of nowhere. We took the exactly. trash out. The mu- we, we were joking around that it was, uh, smelled like an old man in there. Dead moss. And my wife just texted me a picture of something in a Ziploc bag. It looks like a potato soaked in fluid. Like it's like a it looks like a potato in a Ziploc bag with uh, can you see that? Can you see that? Maybe. Yep. It's the the grow it's the, like yep, that would create a musty smell. Is it a food or an animal? It it looks like it might be like a human body part. Like uh it's whatever it is, it looks disgusting. I just Weird said stuff what is down, she on, said, down in Texas. I said what is that? She said she, I said what is that? She said our old man so it's the old man smell has been found. That's disgusting. Nice. I don't know what that is. We're glad you She's are. She's texting right now. Let me. So happy. you're Let's at not the let office. our. It's rotten potatoes. I don't know how those ended up in our. In our pantry, but. That's nasty. I
1: thought I thought for sure you were going. I, I had to. Uh, this is a funny
0: story. You want you to about? this? It's just like a, an ongoing ongoing issue in our house this weekend. Is what, Who's the old man in the closet yeah, like, you, is like a roof leak? What happened? What happened? You
1: want you want to talk God. about the, the the stuff that you wish you never had to do in life? Uh, my 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 high school. Uh, my best friend in high school, Scott Savage, his grandfather owned a few properties and managed uh, like a apartment condo complex type thing. So Scott and I had to, at one point go into one of the condos, um, go into the attic and get into the wall in the attic, because there were multiple dead squirrels stuck in the walls. that were creating the worst odor I have ever ever experienced in my life. Dude, I, I done near threw up 10 times and I'll never forget it. So I, I, it's good to identify the problem. It's better to have people to help you address it.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's that. I think rotten squirrels are worse than rotten potatoes. That's what when I like to call that ain't it. Back.
1: That ain't it. We should just yeah. do a segment called that ain't it every show.
0: We should do a weekly a weekly that ain't it, or maybe just if if something happens, it's you can't force no. that.
1: I I think there's um, there's plenty of that ain't it's in the world, so we. Yeah, we should, we should actually just have a section just, of it on our, our uh, social media, or our website.
0: Yeah. So, and so just to circle back to to Dennis Kasumba and Uganda baseball and opportunity. If your kid isn't working hard, show him that clip and say, "Look, you think you want to play in college baseball? This kid wants to play in college baseball. Go out in the side yard, destroy the yard." Get in the garage. Get in the basement. Do some push-ups. Figure, like, do something. What are we like? You don't want to work hard until your actions tell me you're working hard. I just, that's crazy. Um, Last topic because I got to bounce. I got a. I I sent a picture of our podcast setup to somebody, and they told me they zoomed in on the show notes. This was one of the texts that I got earlier. Zoomed in on the show notes. To look at our post-show topic with Astros puzzling front office changes, uh, the the we got inside info here that Crane quote hates Click. So Jim Crane asked James Click if he wanted to, to bet on his bet his career on Jake Myers per, and he said yes. So something happened. There's drama in the Astros front office, which is strange for. Uh, a team that just won the world series that there's issues going on, but a lot of front front office shakeup with the Astros. I don't have much more info. We might need to tap booth on the shoulder for this one. Maybe next week we'll get some, some up because he's got his, uh his thumb on the pulse of the Astros because of his broadcasting there. But I don't know what that's going on in Houston, but I read, I read, I read something's an going down
1: saying uh, there was, there was a lot of tension uh, between manager and general or owner and general manager. Uh, I, I think th- that's a, a place where an owner is as involved in day to day as anywhere in Major League Baseball, right? It, it, it's at the top of the list, and it, it yeah you, you know you wonder. And there were some moves, I guess, that wanted he that, that he wanted to make um, that were vetoed. They were ixnayed by the. Uh, by the boss by crane. And um, Mm -hmm. there were a lot there was just a lot of underlying tension. And, uh, you know, he made the one year offer, this is a very similar, uh, we experienced the same thing in Toronto, where the new president had come in during the year, it it was such a wild and weird setup. And and this is what happens when I think boards or, or ownership, like jumps the gun, like we brought in a new president, with the expectation, like we literally, like we made our president resign, Beeston resigned at the beginning of the year without having seen what would happen that season. So now you've caused a president to resign. You now have to bring a new president of baseball ops in. And now you have a GM who is just executive of the year and made all the moves that will continue to bring success. And he's gone on to Atlanta to do it. But now you lost him because you've created a situation where there's just too much tension. And why wouldn't you leave if you're the GM? If you get the one-year you're offered, you're on top of the world. You just won the World Series. Like you are the the hot topic. You are the guy that everybody wants and now you're available. So your market value never been higher. So it probably works out better for him moving forward um, and maybe hurts the Astros. So it'd be interesting.
0: Yep it'll it'll yeah it's it's always like with uh and that whole thing kind of a lame duck situation you just started pulling levers and and making stuff happen uh it's just interesting that the uh to win the world series and have this much shake up yeah there's got to be stuff there's got to be some drama in that type of situation so chips chips will fall we'll learn more as we go but and uh, on that
1: note we done today dog Good job. I thought that was good. I enjoyed that.
0: Are you going to do it properly?
1: I'm going to. That was my way of leading up to it without just being random about it. Sorry. Everybody, thanks for listening. Pickle out.